This is Dave Burnett. I want to welcome you to today's God's Family Plan podcast. The title of today's message is Topping Off Your Faith Tank. Have you ever been in a car that's run out of gas in the middle of nowhere? Have you ever been miles from the nearest gas station when the gas warning light came on? Either of these situations can be stressful, even dangerous. Obviously, the way to avoid being stranded in the middle of nowhere or stressing out over that near-empty warning light is to regularly check the gas gauge and fill the tank before the gauge reads empty. The gasoline pumps that most of us use here in the U.S. have an automatic shutoff mechanism to keep them from accidentally overfilling your gas tank and spilling gasoline onto the ground, which is both an environmental and fire hazard. In most cases, there's still capacity left when the automatic shutoff stops the flow of gasoline into the tank. Some of us manually continue the fill process or top off the tank. That is, we fill the tank to maximum capacity, obviously without spilling or wasting gasoline. What does that have to do with faith, you ask? Did you know you are designed by God to be a faith tank? And did you know that there is a faith gauge to warn you when faith is running low? Yes, just as the gas gauge on your car has markings for empty, a quarter, half, three quarters, or a full tank, Scripture describes what I would call a faith gauge that we can use to measure our faith level at any given time and take the appropriate steps to refuel our faith. Before I go much further into the scriptural description of our faith gauge, I want to make sure we understand the importance of keeping our faith tank full or topping it off. It should be obvious that there are some very good reasons to never run out of gas in our car or truck, and there are some very important reasons to never run out of faith. Habakkuk 2.4, Romans 1.17, Galatians 3.11, and Hebrews 10.38 tell us one thing. The just shall live by faith. Ephesians 2.8 in the New King James Version makes it clear. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Faith is necessary to connect us with the saving grace offered in Christ Jesus, atoning sacrifice. Also, 2 Corinthians 5.7 from the Passion Translation says, For we live by faith, not by what we see with our eyes. Hebrews 11.6 in the Passion Translation tells us, And without faith living within us, it would be impossible to please God. For we come to God in faith knowing that He is real and that He rewards the faith of those who give all their passion and strength into seeking Him. Hebrews 10.35, again from the Passion Translation, offers some important instruction. So don't lose your bold, courageous faith, for you're destined for a great reward. I think this is very timely advice. There are a lot of things happening today that have the potential to drain our faith tank to empty. So it becomes especially important today to be aware when faith begins to run low. We cannot afford to run on the faith fumes of a past season. As I stated earlier, Scripture describes what I would call a faith gauge that we can use to measure our faith level at any given time and take the appropriate steps to refuel our faith. Let's see how that works from a biblical perspective. To begin with, Scripture describes what I would call an empty faith tank. 
In Matthew chapter 17, Peter, James, and John had been on the Mount of Transfiguration with Jesus, an awesome time of divine revelation. We pick up the story in verses 14 through 17 of this chapter in the New King James. And when they had come to the multitude, a man came to him, kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic and suffers severely. For he often falls into the fire and often into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. Strong's Concordance tells us the word translated faithless in this passage means disbelieving without Christian faith. An empty faith tank, in other words. Do you remember the story of Jesus and the disciples out on the lake in Mark chapter 4? Jesus was asleep in the back of the boat when a storm came up. I'm reading from Mark chapter 4 verses 37 through 40 in the New King James Version. And a windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind, and he said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Think about all that the disciples had been through with Jesus, the miracles they had seen. But in the face of the present storm, they panicked. Jesus asked them, and I believe he's asking us today, in the face of your present storm, have you no faith? Further to the point, in Luke eighteen seven, Jesus asked a very pointed question. When the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Our next scriptures refer to the faith level of little or small faith. Matthew chapter 6 verse 30, chapter 8 verse 26, chapter 14 verse 31, and chapter 16 verse 8, along with Luke chapter 12 verse 28, in the New King James use the phrase, O you of little faith. Matthew chapter 17 verse 20 and Luke chapter 17 verse 6 each contain a reference to faith the size of a mustard seed. Both of these references tell us that even a small amount of faith is very powerful. It can produce miraculous results. Mark chapter 19 offers another perspective of the encounter of Jesus and the father of the epileptic son we read about in Matthew's gospel earlier. First of all, in Mark's account, the problem with the boy is described as more than a physical ailment. It's a demonic attack. I'll read the following exchange between the son's father and Jesus as recorded in Mark chapter 9, verses 20 through 27 of the Living Bible. So they brought the boy, but when he saw Jesus, the demon convulsed the child horribly, and he fell to the ground writhing and foaming at the mouth. How long has he been this way, Jesus asked the father, and he replied, since he was very small, and the demon often makes him fall into the fire or into the water to kill him. Oh, have mercy on us, and do something, if you can. If I can, Jesus asked, anything is possible, if you have faith. The father instantly replied, I do have faith. Oh, help me to have more. When Jesus saw the crowd was growing, he rebuked the demon. 
O demon of deafness and dumbness, he said, I command you to come out of this child and enter him no more. Then the demon screamed terribly and convulsed the boy again and left him, and the boy lay there limp and motionless, to all appearance dead. A murmur ran through the crowd. He is dead! But Jesus took him by the hand and helped him to his feet, and he stood up and was all right. Look again at the words of the boy's father in Mark chapter 9, verse 24. I do have faith. Oh, help me to have more. And we too can have more. The next level on our faith gauge is great faith. Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 through 10 tell us the story of a Roman centurion, a Gentile, who came to Jesus on behalf of his sick servant. I want to read this account in the Amplified Translation. As Jesus went into Capernaum, a centurion came up to him, begging him for help and saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed with intense and terrible tormenting pain. Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. But the centurion replied to him, Lord, I'm not worthy to have you come under my roof, but only say the word and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man subject to authority of a higher rank with soldiers subject to me. And I say to one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my slave, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those who were following him, I tell you truthfully, I have not found such great faith as this with anyone in Israel. Matthew chapter 15, verses 23 through 28, record a similar encounter with another non-Jew. I'm reading that account from the voice translation. A Canaanite woman, a non-Jew, came to him, that is Jesus, and the Canaanite woman was wailing, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is possessed by a demon. Have mercy, Lord. Jesus said nothing, and the woman continued to wail. His disciples came to him, do something. She keeps crying after us. Jesus said, I was sent here only to gather up the lost sheep of Israel. And the woman came up to Jesus and knelt before him. Lord, help me. Jesus said, it's not right to waste the children's bread by feeding dogs. And the Canaanite woman replied, but Lord, even dogs eat the crumbs that fall by the table as their master is eating. Jesus, whose ancestors included Ruth and Rahab, spoke with kindness and insight. Woman, you have great faith and your request is done. And her daughter was healed right then and from then on. In both these accounts, we see great faith. Both of these non-Jews were intercessors. They interceded. They came to Jesus on behalf of another. Their great faith moved Jesus and produced miraculous results. In both accounts, the people who received the miracles were not physically present. Jesus did not physically lay hands on them or touch them in any physical manner. We do not know the faith level of the people who were healed in these encounters. It was the intercessor's great faith that made the miraculous connection. Great faith has the ability to reach beyond my personal needs and bring the awesome power of Jesus into the need and hurt of another. And that brings us to the next level of faith, what I call full tank faith. Acts 6-5 in the New King James Version describes Stephen as a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit. Acts 11.24 in the New King James Version offers a similar description of Barnabas as a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. 
Hebrews chapter 10, verses 21 through 23 in the voice translation speaks to us, to you and me today. Since we have a great high priest who presides over all the house of God, let us draw near with true hearts, full of faith. From these scriptures, we see that it is not only desirable, but possible to have a full faith tank. Think about it. If a little faith is powerful and great faith is miraculous in intercession, what awesome results can full faith produce? In the account of both Stephen and Barnabas, we see a connection between being full of the Holy Spirit and being full of faith. The account of Stephen in Acts chapter 6 tells us that Stephen worked signs and wonders. He was also an anointed preacher. In Acts chapter 7, verse 60, we find that Stephen faced martyrdom in the same manner that Jesus faced crucifixion. As they were stoning him, he knelt down and cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. I would call this ultimate faith or overcoming faith. And 1 John 5, 4 in the voice translation says it this way, Everything that has been fathered by God overcomes the corrupt world. This is the victory that has conquered the world, our faith. So I'd like to ask you sometime today to take the time just between you and your Heavenly Father to examine your personal faith gauge. If your faith tank is full, I'd ask you to think about what it's taken for you to get there and not to become weary in well-doing. But if your faith tank is not as full as you need or want it to be, I'd like to offer some biblical suggestions that will help you to increase your faith and even top off your faith tank. First of all, Romans ten seventeen in the New King James Version tells us, So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Hebrews four twelve in the Amplified Bible Classic Edition says, For the word that God speaks is alive and full of power, making it active, operative, energizing, and effective. Filling your faith tank begins by filling your mind and your heart with God's word. Jesus tells us in Matthew twelve thirty four and Luke six forty five, out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. Romans twelve two tells us to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Refilling our faith tank means going to the source. Our faith tank will never become full without the word of God. The process of being full of faith requires reading and reciting the Word of God, confessing it with our mouth into the hearing of our own ears. And beyond that, it's essential that we listen to anointed, Bible-based preaching and teaching. I want to encourage you to let the seed of the anointed Word of God grow in you to produce a harvest of faith. But have you ever noticed that when you go to fill your car's gas tank, there are different kinds of fuel at the pumps? Some fuel has an ethanol additive. Some vehicles operate on diesel. Some vehicles require a premium gasoline to operate effectively. So it is with faith fuel. It needs a very special additive to fully activate. Galatians 5, 6 in the voice translation says it this way. Here's the thing. In Jesus the anointed, whether you're circumcised or not makes no difference. What makes a difference is faith energized by love. You and I can do a lot of religious activities, and these may impress some, but faith needs to be energized by love to work. 
to produce the results your creator designed for you to achieve. And that takes us back to what we read about Stephen and Barnabas earlier. They were full of faith and the Holy Ghost. The connection is this. Romans 5, 5 tells us that the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. And so it follows. When we're full of the Holy Spirit, he comes to fill our hearts with Father's love. Faith comes by hearing the good news of Jesus, and God's love activates that faith. It puts it to work. Go back and look at the scriptural examples mentioned earlier in this message. The father of the epileptic or demon-possessed son, the Roman centurion, the Canaanite mother. What motivated their faith actions? The answer is love and compassion. Look at the greatest miracle of all, the resurrection of Jesus. Jesus had faith in Father's love, and he endured the cross because of his love for us. Hebrews 12.2 in the Passion Translation says it this way, We look away from the natural realm, and we fasten our gaze onto Jesus who birthed faith within us and who leads us forward into faith's perfection. His example is this, Because his heart was focused on the joy of knowing that we would be his, he endured the agony of the cross and conquered its humiliation, and now sits exalted at the right hand of the throne of God. So if your faith tank is running low, get into the Word of God. Read it, recite it, meditate on it, confess it, trust it. Begin to listen to biblical preaching and teaching by Spirit-filled preachers and teachers. Invite Holy Spirit to fill you with his presence and to fill your heart with the love that put Jesus on the cross. Find a prayer partner or partners. These are the words of Jesus in Matthew eighteen nineteen from the Passion Translation. Again, I give you an eternal truth. If two of you agree to ask God for something in a symphony of prayer, my heavenly Father will do it for you. For wherever two or three come together in honor of my name, I'm right there with them. And so finally, friends, brothers and sisters in Christ, these are testing, trying, and demanding times. We cannot afford to allow our faith tanks to run low. We cannot afford to run on the fumes of the faith of a past season. We need a fill-up. It's time to top off our faith tank and advance into faith's victory that overcomes the world. This is Dave Burnett. I want to thank you for listening to today's God's Family Plan podcast. If you'd like to leave a prayer request or a message, you can do so on our Facebook page. That's God's Family Plan on Facebook. Until next time, may God's grace and favor rest upon you and your household. In Jesus' name, amen.